evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, April 26, 2023, and I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar evening of solutions for a new Alberta, brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. Our purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. Of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without your help. If this is your first time watching, welcome, and I hope you find this information engaging and wanting to find out more about APP. And if you're a regular APP webinar viewer, thank you for your support. We also couldn't do this without you. APP is membership driven with a goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, or you can make a donation at albertaprosperityproject.com. We also have APP merchandise at our store and it is albertaprosperitystore.com. And uh, we also like to advise you to please register for the petition to establish Alberta's independence page at bit.ly slash yes. I actually should have had that as a banner and maybe I'll get Walter to post that up there just so that you know what's going on. Having said all that, um, I would actually was away last week, so I'd like to thank uh, my compadre Christopher Scott from the Whistle Stop Cafe, who had a, uh, a webinar with uh, Jeff Rath, and uh, they actually talked uh, a little bit about uh, a Substack that uh, that Jeff Rath had posted about a, uh, a comment that uh, Teresa Tam had posted or talked about and we do these these webinars every wednesday and we try and keep things very topical and uh and of course this this one is pretty topical too tonight's webinar is actually entitled can alberta afford to stay in canada much longer and we have our guest he's a political commentator and alberta independence advocate it is marty up north and uh i'll show you some of his web stuff uh as we're talking to him too this is a live webinar, so we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks before your question so it's flagged and we can quickly view the questions, especially near the end when we've got tons and tons of comments. We can always go back and take a quick look. And with that, I'm going to bring Marty on and, uh, and we can find out a little bit more about him. Hello, Marty. Gary, how's it going, man? Good, good, good. Very good. I, I've never been called a political commentator. If, if my wife heard that, she would say, no, he's a know-it-all. And then well, when she said that, she says that, I'm like, no, I'm just curious. I'm very you know, curious. On, on, your, uh, on your, uh, your YouTube, it actually says you're a 55-year-old outdoorsman from Alberta. So there you go. So that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You, that, you are a man of many talents. Uh, I... Yeah, I, I, thanks. You know, I I, I kind of think so. I mean, you know, I, I do um, I do have uh, I'm an engineer by training, so it it, it yep. makes me curious to start with. So I'm I'm very curious person, yep. um, and, which is why I enjoy what I do on Twitter and and on social media because it's a uh, it, exactly what we're doing right now, which yep. is immediate engagement you get to talk to people and you get immediate feedback and i That's absolutely right. yeah. love that yeah so the, one of the reasons why you're, you're brought on i mean i'm going to quickly read your your bio here just because it is it is interesting marty was born and raised in ontario and studied engineering at the university of ottawa so he could connect with his franco ontario roots uh so you are a francophone uh and i'll uh, were you you were born and raised in ontario where were you born and raised 
I was actually, uh, I was born in Ottawa, actually, oh, yeah, in, okay. in, in, a, in a district, and I was born in Gloucester at the Hôpital oh, okay. Montfort. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. yeah. Good. Excellent. And he graduated at the height of the recession in 1990, so he moved halfway across the country to northern Alberta to start an unplanned career in the oil patch, as many people do, I guess. Yep. Uh, he's married and has four adult children, three of which are following in his footsteps as engineers, uh, semi-retired now, and enjoy pursuing his lifelong passion of backpacking in the Rockies, and he currently lives in the country northwest of Calgary. Excellent. Now, here's this is something that uh, I, I thought was really interesting. Marty has lived in five provinces and worked in all 10 throughout his 33-year career. The reason I say that is because I've actually had conversations with many people uh, in Alberta Prosperity Project and, and even just you know, casual conversations. And it seems like almost everybody in Canada has lived in two provinces. I would say on average, people will, will you know, go to school or yeah. grow up in one place and then they leave and go and do something else. You've lived in five provinces. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was born, I was born in Ontario, uh, mm -hmm. quickly moved to the province of Quebec. And so yeah. I, I, uh, as a youngster, I was on the South shore of uh, Montreal. Okay. Um, I should go back. So my, my father is Franco-Ontarian and my mother is a Quebecer and mom, mom wanted to be an airline stewardess, moved to Ontario yeah. to learn English to advance her career. Poor mom. I always say once she had kids, the career was, was done. Um, <laughs> so as a youngster, it was back and forth between living in Quebec and Ontario because of dad's work. Okay. And uh, I went to the university of Ottawa because it's a yeah. bilingual school, got me back to my roots. And yeah. then I was a co-op student. Um, and, and then I had the opportunity. So naively, or not naively, but, you know, growing up in Ontario, I thought I'm either going to end up in uh, automotive or pulp and paper. Yeah. But as a co-op student, I get these job postings and there's these jobs in Alberta and, and nobody's applying for them. I'm like, what, you're, you're telling me you're going to fly me to Alberta and let me go out. So, so I accepted a job in Alberta. In northern Alberta, I, I don't know if you're, you know, uh, my first job in northern Alberta was in Slave Lake. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I remember my father, my father had traveled the country extensively. And dad said, if you go to Alberta, we'll never see you again. And he, <laughs> he was basically correct. That is, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because, and, and I tell the, I tell, I tell people, I, I found very like-minded people in Alberta. Yeah. So it, it, it didn't, it grew on me, but it didn't have to grow on me a lot because I found very like-minded people in Alberta. Yeah. And then, uh, so I lived in Alberta. Uh, I lived in Saskatchewan as well. And I lived in British Columbia. Yeah. Um, so, so I've lived in, in, in those five provinces, but work-wise I've worked oil and gas. So my career is, is, is oil and gas. Yeah. And because of oil and gas, um, I've worked uh, in in every province, and I've also had to go to almost every province for yeah. for one reason or another. So, yeah, 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 and and same with me. I mean, I've I've worked in uh, pretty much. I grew up in in Winnipeg and uh, lived there until '96. Moved out here, haven't looked back since being in Alberta. But even with that, I've been working in BC, all the uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Uh, did work in Ontario. I was a uh, worked with uh, Canadian military contractors, so I was doing stuff in uh, in Ottawa. Of course, we were we had this conversation before we went on about uh, one of the little restaurants we used to go to, Fathers and Sons. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows that in, in Ottawa. And uh, and then even with with my jukebox and stuff uh, that I, I do now, uh, our head office was or still is in Montreal. So, and and with that, I went right up until New Brunswick. So I, I have not officially worked in Nova Scotia or Newfoundland or 
or PI. But uh, but it is interesting when when you're having these conversations. I think people that are um, a little more adept to living or, or being and and seeing how big our our country is and and how people are just different everywhere, right? They all have their own little way of doing things. They they even speak differently. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, let me let me say one quick thing. So yeah, yeah I graduated in. Uh, uh, in 1990 and I came to Alberta. And yeah. um, so I graduated, you know, when I was a, a university student, it was through the Meech Lake Accord era and the, yeah. and the Charlottetown Accord and things like that. And, and I have French roots. Then I come to Alberta. And I remember naively in in the early days when I was in Alberta, you know, I, I, I had a, a Franco-Ontarian French accent and people would bug me a little bit. And I would actually kind of defend the Quebecers because fresh in my mind in those days was the fact that you know, Quebec had uh, challenged the constitution and and that claimed yeah. to be a distinct society. And I would defend Quebec as a distinct yeah. society. Yeah, yeah. Now, 35 years later into my career, I realized that Canada has, I'd say, at least 10 distinct societies. I mean, yeah. you know, if you go to Newfoundland, you hang out with Newfies. Yeah. You are hanging out with a group that is as different as as a group from Saskatchewan and as different yeah. as a group from from the west coast of BC and Calgary. I agree. So I agree. And so it is. Um, yeah, there's the, 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 the for either based on geography, based on historical culture, based yeah. on industry that they work in and all sorts of things. We live in a humongous country yes. with yeah. very distinct regions, geographically, politically, yes. sociologically and yeah. culturally. And, and those regions in Canada are, you know, you could argue the same thing, you know, if you're living in the States and you're in New England versus going to California and Oregon. But what I find in the States is everyone down there identifies themselves as American. Right. And, and in Canada, of course, you, you, would, you would say, of course, I'm from Canada, but yet they would always, there's always a but, right? There's always, they're going to say something about, well, I'm from Newfoundland and this is what we do. Well, and that's and I think part of that is is um, comes from from um, it, it was deliberate by our governments. You know, can, the yeah. Canadian governments wanted to be. I mean, it's scary to be Canada next yeah. to this big giant bear, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so we wanted to protect our culture and we wanted to protect some of our lifestyles and things like that. So we had governments that I think purposely tried to make Canadians distinct from Americans, but they went further and they did something, you know, when I was growing up, uh, we were told that we were a cultural mosaic, whereas the Americans are told they're a, a melting, melting pot. pot. That's right. So yes. it, 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 it persists to this day and it makes a, it, it, it does what you're saying, you know, yep. it makes us different. I love Americans, by the way. And and I mean, the patriotism of the Americans, I, you know, when I call them our cousins, but when you go to the U.S. and you go to watch something like, uh, you know, the Daytona 500 or the Super yeah. Bowl somewhere, they're they're their local patriotism. Now don't yeah. get me started when they're on the road, when you're at the Olympics in France or in London and there's an American delegation and a Canadian one, then I can't stand the American <laughs> patriotism in that context. But yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. 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 It, and it, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to continue reading this before we get too far off topic here. Uh, it says, yeah, you've lived in five provinces and worked in uh, 10 throughout his three, three year career. His informed opinion is that Canada is a failed experiment as a confederation 
and the only way forward is for independent provinces. He considers them, he considers himself Albertan and wants an independent Alberta. Marty is a conservative-minded individual who believes in self-reliance, small government, charity, family, property ownership, and more. You're a professional engineer and driven by a practical mindset instead of an ideological one. And Marty is a large online supporter base or has an online, uh, large online supporter base. And has, you've also been credited by the making, <laughs> by being the creator of the hashtag Trudeau must go. <laughs> I didn't create the hashtag itself, but I revived the, the hashtag in, in, you know, um, but we're, but we're not here to talk about that. No, that's, that. yeah, I know, uh, one of the things that we were talking about, uh, was, uh, when we went to, to Ottawa and, uh, we had a little bit of a tagline that, uh, hashtag Trudeau's a dink, but <laughs> that's a different thing altogether. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we definitely want to talk about, uh, of course the, the topic being, uh, today is, uh, I have to go back and actually say it again can alberta uh, can alberta afford to stay in canada much longer and basically it's about um about is is canada just a failed uh country or or like discuss yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah well no let, let's talk i mean so yeah. yes my answer to that is no yes. yeah um you know deep down it, I'm very typical of a lot of Albertans. I mean, in, in fact, up until about 2015, yeah. Martin, me, I was not a political guy. Yeah. Uh, I come to Alberta. I just want to work. Yeah. I, I don't need a lot of help from other people. I mean, at my core, you know, in my bio, it, des it definitely says Marty is a libertarian, which kind of means yeah. leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. Leave me yeah. alone. I'm, I'm, I tend to be self-reliant. I personally live on an acreage. My favorite hobby is actually going out in the wilderness for days on end. Yeah. I've been doing it since the days before satellite communications and, and I'll, I'll be self and I do it because I enjoy it and being self-sufficient. Yeah. And, and, but, and that mindset was fine and nobody, and there was some interference by the rest of Canada for, for the first 25 years of my adult life, but not enough to worry about it. You know, yeah. you're, you're yeah. a typical Albertan, you work head down, you pay extra taxes, they go to Ottawa and they're wasted, but you don't, you say, you know what, I'm a lucky Albertan. Yeah. And and then and then and then there's a downturn in the economy and it's just another downturn as an Albertan. We've mm -hmm. had downturns. So yeah. we're just going to weather this downturn. And this is the one that starts in 2014 and 15, but we're but we're going to weather it, but you know what? We've been paying taxes to Ottawa for all these years and and we've got all this other stuff. So let's ask for a little bit of help. Yeah. And the help doesn't come. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, that's how you're going to be. Okay, that's fine. Then a couple of years go by, and not only is the help not coming from, from Ottawa, but now they're actually interfering, and they're actually battling us, me. I'll, I'll yeah. say me, because yeah. I, I don't want to speak for all Albertans, but as an Albertan myself who, who enjoys, uh, um, who works in the oil patch, who enjoys hunting, who has yeah. a firearm, who, yeah. um, who wants to travel, I'm, I, I have a government that's interfering, that's not even helping, but it's actually interfering. So, and, and so then you start to really wonder about, um, so, so then it comes to light. I mean, you know, because back to my fundamental roots, I want yeah. to be left alone. And I, and part of being left alone is small governments yeah. and, and, and okay, I'm paying money to a government in Ottawa and I barely know why as an Albertan, what am I getting from Ottawa? Yeah. And, and, and now, yeah, so now, now it's come to a boil and, and 
I, I mean, I'll pause and, and we, or I can keep talking because it's a topic that that, that explodes in so many ways, you know. Well, and, and, yeah, it totally does. And, and, and of course, anybody that's been watching us uh, with APP and at least for the last, you know, it's been a year and well, technically, I guess it's almost been two years. Uh, but really, since since the convoy, when things uh, really started as uh, the Alberta Prosperity Project and um, and, you know, people have have. If, if anybody's been watching this, we're all kind of at a, at a, at a we feel this boiling going on, right? We're all upset with, uh, with things that we, we think that we have no, um, no way of getting out of. We, we have this equalization that we just have to go through and we have to pay our taxes there. We have to deal with the RCMP. You know, we have our own police force. Well, no, that's a little too difficult. But you know what? There's there's no reason why we can't do this stuff. It just really takes a lot of people and and some willpower, and uh, and getting together and saying these these are our priorities. You know, do we need to do something in and with healthcare? Do we need to do something with uh, our own police force? Do we want to do our own taxing uh, and, and deal with that? And and of course, that's the whole idea be, behind the Alberta Prosperity Project is we want to see whether or not we can get some leverage to to deal with the federal government and say look we're going to look we're going to take care of this stuff you guys deal with you know the the stuff that a federal government should you you deal with uh, immigration you deal with uh, talking to other countries and dealing with that we're doing our own stuff we're dealing with our own resources etc cetera, etc cetera. but 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 just on that point right i mean I, it's a question i start to ask myself more and more well more not more and more i've been asking myself this question for a decade i mean yeah. what does the federal government do why 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 in canada do we have three levels of government a federal yeah. government a provincial yeah. government yeah. and a municipal government and in some cases it gets even worse because you got a municipal government and i swear to god there's like this the sub government underneath there. So, yeah. um, okay, bring it back somewhere because <laughs> we're all over the place. <laughs> well, and, and I, yeah, I yeah. you know, that's the thing about these uh, these webinars. It, it's we have a topic, but we don't really have a script. And uh, by all means, we can we can go wherever we want to talk about. It. And you know, people are asking questions. And there's and they're all over the the map already, just because you know we really have not uh, gone down one particular path. So, um, but what what thing I want to talk most about tonight is um, you know we were talking about is is Canada or is Alberta ready to just say you know what we've tried Canada we we've we've been here since 1905 uh, since the 70s and uh, with Trudeau and the National Energy Program and we're kind of getting screwed on 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 what we can do with our resources, etc. I think it's time to just say, forget it. Let's let's walk away. And um, and and again, growing up in Manitoba, I had always thought of Manitoba westward as being its own little country, right? You could even argue that maybe in into Ontario, that uh, Lake Lake of the Woods and all that was very much Manitoba minded. But as you got closer to southern Ontario, it was a different mindset. It was you know. Upper Lower Canada, that sort of thing, and uh, and Central Canada, and but it always seemed to be that you know what maybe it should be split in two, and I understand that you actually even think that uh, the provinces should each be their own country. Is that fair? A fair statement to say? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, when let's step back a little bit, yeah. you know, so so Canada's formed, you know, around 1867 out yeah. east, it's it's four provinces get together and then yeah. and then over time for economic reasons they got this other province on the on the other coast, they got Alberta uh, BC. Yeah. And then and then Confederation was really formed for to put a corridor between, you know, the east and the west and put yeah. the railroad and the Trans-Canada Highway eventually and things like that. Yeah. And um and and Alberta joins in whatever 1905 um but so but and 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 to make that work these people sit down and they come up with this really weird formula right there's yeah. like we're going to try and make this big country work together it's like okay well then let's just have one government somewhere and make yeah. the whole country work but yeah. somehow or other they're like uh no there's a resistance so now you got this weird formula of we're going to have a government in ottawa that has some responsibilities and we're going to have all these other governments and all these provinces that have these other responsibilities that's right so so just the way it was separated in in terms of responsibilities is bizarre Plus, it was done in a constraint of of a dominion and of commonwealth and a monarchy and all sorts of things. So, so I mean, if I had to redo the country, I wouldn't do it the way it was done. But let's forget about that. So it works. But does it really work? So then for the next hundred years, does it work? I my my the, my theory is that no, it didn't work. But we just most of us didn't know about it because the internet didn't exist, communications right. weren't there. So That's as poor right. Albertans, we've we've gotten a bum rap for a hundred years. We yeah. just didn't know it. Yeah. And and so then in the last twenty or thirty years, we finally realized that we're getting a bum rap. And and then you get all these people that say, well, we can we 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 can make confederation work. It's like no, you can't. It's failed. It's 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 not only it's not failed. It got off to a bad start. It was poorly thought of to start with. And now we're trying to make it work. And 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 some people are disingenuous. They're not trying to make it work. They're making it worse because or they're using the bad parts to their advantage and not trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for instance, you and I wake up uh, on the or sit at our television on election night at 6 p.m. when the polls 8 p.m. when the polls close here and we go, oh, 805 election is declared because yep. a small group that lives under this fictitious red line in greater Toronto and Montreal gets yep. to make up the rules for all of us. Why? Because because of a remnant of something called the the British Commonwealth Act, yeah. so it's it's it, the the whole thing is completely broken. Yeah. People aren't willing to fix it, and yeah. and so I'm using is, I mean, some people should accept to fix it, but if they don't accept to fix it, one way I can convince people to fix it is simply by the fact that you're losing a ton of money. Just yeah. as an Albertan, you're losing ten billion dollars a year going to ottawa for yep. nothing yeah and so you know yep. i mean i'll be very pra practical here just before the sh you know just before the the show i i went and pulled up my old tax return from a couple of years ago because it's a it's a rep the one before covid is more yeah. representative right yep. that's true and in that year i paid fifty four thousand dollars in taxes 38 yeah. went to ottawa 16 went to alberta and then six went municipally yeah. if i rack my brain as to what i got from ottawa i have no idea no, and there's nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, border security. Wow, yeah. man, the, the, that's a sieve. Yeah. Airport traffic control, barely. Uh, you know, they, they decide which frequencies we use for radio. They control uh, 
they they inspect foods they, they control the navigable waterways and they provide yeah. a military and some courts i mean yeah. uh so so i'm so when i you know when we talk about the topic can we afford it i'm using i'm using dollars as as a starting point because if i just say it's broken people go uh okay, show me why it needs to be fixed. So when you put a dollar value to how broken it is, yeah. then, you know, do you replace your old car or do you buy a new one or do you yeah. throw it in the garbage and do something different? I don't know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to look at the comments here, but yeah. you're probably yeah. much like me too. Like you're a proud Canadian, I, I believe, right? Yeah, do yeah. you wear a, a, a Canadian hockey jersey whenever the Olympics are on? Oh, I, 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 I cheered the world. I cheered Canada at the world cup. What a great, I know, you know? Abs absolutely. absolutely. So it's not about that. I think it's, it's, we love Canadians. We love, uh, we love the, uh, the, the country itself. We just don't like what the government is doing. So, I, and I've had this conversation with many people and they say, well, you know what, then all you need to do is just wait till the next government comes along. Which, which is a very valid point. I mean, I, I'll even say it, you know, um, so in the back of my mind, yes, it's been broken for years, but we did have some politicians that were good at faking it or keeping it going without us really noticing. I, I think of Jean Chrétien as an example. I mean, yeah. quite honestly, I prospered well in that era, uh, even as an Albertan under a liberal government. Yeah. But, but, but now uh, what's the fiasco that's happened in Ottawa in the last seven years and, and COVID and the courts and everything else yeah. has got me nervous to the point where, um, yeah, again, I realized that it was broken it was just well disguised that it was broken because we had some good politician. But now I think um, too many people are, are, are taking advantage of, of, of the, of the flaws to, to, in, to protect themselves, to enrich themselves. Yeah. And so I don't trust future politicians on this, you know, in fact, the, the, I think my comment is valid by the fact that you had a Chrétien and others who did acknowledge that there were problems with the constitution who tried to fix it and then it went away. So then there's a new generation or future generations are, are too willing to say it's broken. They yeah. tried to fix it. It's unfixable. So guess what we're going to do? Yeah. We're going to profit. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm too scared of Ottawa's powers right now. Yeah. And so back to your premise. Yes. Uh, I, I think every province should go on their own, but if they don't, I'm perfectly happy if if Alberta goes on its own or finds some form of independence. Yeah. Um, and I do I do value the steps, the intermediate steps, similar to what Quebec has done. You know, I work in Quebec. Quebec has its own. I mean, you go to work in Quebec, man. You got to register with the Revenu Quebec and get your tax number there, yeah. Yeah. and they collect their own. Uh, they have their own QPP and their own systems, and I think that's, that's right. valid. Yeah. In fact, Quebec's a great ally. It's weird if if it boy if there's an alliance in the next twenty years of Quebec and Alberta, yeah. that'd be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have seen that one coming. <laughs> no, that's true too. Yeah. And 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 it's so uh, that's that's a, a brilliant observation because they really have done what we should be doing, right? Do our own tax collection, do our own uh, policing, like uh, like Ontario, and and. You know, at least get those steps through, and then that way there's less less Ottawa, more Alberta. Yeah, it's called the firewall. I mean, that's the yeah. term that people are using. The firewall. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, it's the same reason that um, 
I, I try to organize my finances so that I owe Ottawa money instead of expecting a return from them. That's, because if I right. owe them money, I got a firewall. If they owe me money, there's no firewall. So, nope. uh, so if, we, if, if Alberta collected its own taxes first and then send it to Alberta yes. or to Canada, perfect. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like the way we do it. You know, and even dealing with with banking stuff, like it, it's it is a lot of people don't realize this, but when money goes into your bank and they they do that three day hold on it and all that other whatever they call it, they're making money on your money, right? And it would be the same thing. Like when we send stuff out to Ottawa and uh, and you know in terms of our income tax, then we wait for our return to come back to uh, to Alberta. We send sixty billion dollars there, and we get twenty seven billion back. Right. So I think we're net, uh, we're, we're, we lose 33 or. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they do that. They do that yeah. on our pension money, which yes, they're they holding for yeah. us. They do it on all sorts of things. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and that's, um, I can't tell you how many people, how many people have you ever met who are excited about getting a tax return during tax season? It's like, yeah. Yeah. you're getting your money back absolutely. Plus, plus yeah. without interest. So no, yeah. Uh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, and and especially if they're they're going through the whole uh, civil servant uh, strike right now, I don't know how fast anybody's going to get any sort of uh, return, right? And you could you could basically argue the same thing that if we had our own tax collection, we could probably end up running into the same issue. The beauty of the of the strike right now is unlike a lot of other strikes in the past, there seems to be no disruption, which is really going to go against them. It's going to prove absolutely that your, your yeah. job is not a hundred percent necessary. I, 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 no, I don't notice the 150 million or 150, no. no, 150,000. There's more than that. I forget what the number is, but how many people are actually off work right now? I yeah. don't notice anything. Yeah. And, and likewise, maybe we won't for the next month or two, depending on how fast it actually happens. Right. Uh, there are certain things that they would be dealing with, maybe in terms of taxing and, and maybe, you know, some of that it, it's more than a CRA. Right. It's groups yes, like, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, if you're if you've applied for a passport or your gun That's license, right. you're yeah. probably in your gun license will go from nine months to ten. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a good thing, because, you know, we've actually we we'd be meaning to have a conversation about uh hunting and gun licenses and and uh and all that and it just so happens that that's one of the things that you you do do you want to have any do you have any comments on uh what the government is trying to do with the uh gun ban and uh and uh, especially it's it's one of the things that has me the most upset right now of oh, all yeah. the interference that the government has done in my life the fact that you know um just just on the surface the whole idea of 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 coming after me as an example i've yeah. i've had a a gun permit since uh 1990 yeah and uh i've used my rifles to hunt and i have a couple of handguns and for whatever reason i've never broken a law yeah but now i'm 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 being told that they want to confiscate my property so i'm upset about that but i'm also upset about just the nasty precedent that that sets because we live in a country that is you know we we have common law which is precedent based yeah so if the government can come after me for my guns because they decide that that's the case that's fine but yeah. then they can come after somebody else for their car that's got more than 150 horsepower they that's can right. come that's after somebody else because they have uh, a jet ski they can come after somebody else because they've gone on two trips instead of just one they can make you reduce your house they can do all sorts of things notice how that stretches and, and gets bigger and wider the, the the field of view on that for sure absolutely i mean oh you have an internal combustion engine well at first we'll say 
it's not an, you know, we'll, we'll make up a definition. It's too big. Your car's too, your truck is too big. Why do you need a 150 horsepower engine? We'll yep. limit it to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then, and then, and then we'll go from there. So, yeah. so, yeah. so that's that, you know, the, 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 the gun. So a couple of things, I, I mean, I do, I don't mind talking about the gun law because yes. yeah, please. If, 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 first of all, um, Let's go back. So governments should be passing. So I'm an engineer. So as an engineer, I've been asked all my life to solve problems. And one of the things I've learned when I'm solving problems is, first of all, you know, ask a couple of if somebody says, hey, Marty, you know, this car keeps having flats. We need to find a better tire. My first instinct is no longer to start changing the tire. My first instinct is to go, hang on a second. Yeah. Is it the tire? Is it the way you're driving the car? Is it the road you're driving on? What is it? Yeah. Let's make sure we're solving the right problem. And then in order to solve the problem, I collect a bit of information. Yeah. And then I'll come up with a solution. In the case of the gun grab, I'm like, what problem are you trying to solve? Yeah. And if and when they say it's gun crime, I go, okay, gun crime. Then I look into it and I go, whoa, you got the RCMP puts out a report every year on gun crimes. Beautiful report you know, put a link to it, share it with people that 2022 is about to come out. And in there, they'll show you the stats. So then you go, wow, the gun crime is in Toronto and is in Montreal and in places like that. So whatever. So once you establish where the problem is, then you should come up with a solution. Yeah. Well, in the case of the gun grab, I would say they're actually going after the wrong problem and they're implementing a bad solution to the wrong problem. Yeah. So, you know, taking away firearms from law-abiding citizen is complicated, unenforceable. And they'll give examples. They say it was done in Australia. It's like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Australia's had a, 70% of the guns that used to be in private hands are still in private hands. Australians haven't turned them in. Yeah. So you're so so then so it's poorly done. It's going after the wrong problem, targeting the wrong people. And then it sets a nasty precedent. So yeah. it's like, holy smokes, man, what's good about this? There's nothing good. Yeah. And so I, I don't like it for those fundamental reasons. But then I also don't like it because I feel tar targeted, bad word, but I, I feel singled out as a, as a law abiding firearm owner. Yeah. You know, now we're, now I want to go back to one of these other weird things. Nah, well, no, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I'm actually, I was just going to send uh, Walter a message and I'll, I'll just say it out loud and maybe he can find it. So today there was an announcement about um, instead of going after the people who have guns, they were, the government is actually going after the retail stores to confiscate their guns. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, no, that, so no, that's, um, that's just an evolution. So right now oh, okay. the government has gone after everybody's guns. So okay. whether you're a store yeah. or a private citizen. So me personally right now, yeah. I'll say it out loud. Um, I have two firearms that are banned. Okay. So they're sitting in my basement in a lock and I'm not allowed to take them to the gun range. I can't sell them. I can't take them anywhere. I can't do anything with them. They have to sit there. So I don't know what the, and I'm waiting because they've been in that state since 2020. Yeah. And the government keeps saying, we'll come up with the rules. Now, in my case, let's say that's 2000 bucks sitting in my basement that I can't use or do anything. If you're a store owner, if you're Cabela's and you had uh, a thousand of those firearms that have been sitting in your locker, that's a that's a million dollars of inventory that you can't do anything. So what today the government did yeah. is they simply said of of the 11,000 banned firearms currently in the hands of stores, okay. we'll buy those back. They okay. haven't said what they're going to do with the 1.2 million others. So 1.2 million. So we're talking about confiscating ballpark 
1.2 billion dollars worth of property from Canadians. I can think of a lot of things we could do with that. I mean, but that's yeah, that's what the rule was today. And okay. and it's only announced that they have an agreement with the sort of firearms retail association. They haven't agreed on a price. They haven't agreed on anything. Yes. So you know, um, that was Mendocino, one of the worst, that's, yeah, worst, exactly. worst, yeah. worst ministers. <laughs> Yeah. Every time I see him up on the screen, I cringe. As, yeah, as well as Trudeau. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna go back and and look through some of these. Uh, oh yeah, there's there's the. Let's see if I can at least call this one up that we were just talking about the BIBRAC program. Um, Somebody wants to take my firearms off my hands. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually going to Edmonton tomorrow, and I'm picking up five firearms from somebody else. So people are people are oh, yeah. nervously transferring them doing things that they can yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so that's that's basically what it was about today. yeah yeah, yeah. so a little a little late to show it up on screen but i wanted to do that anyway so um and again because we we do these webinars every wednesday and we also post them and they are on uh i mean they're on rumble they're on uh linkedin they're on uh BitChute, they're facebook yeah. Actually, Kerry, yeah. just as an example, though, the gun, yeah. the gun rule, geez, we almost glanced over it. Yeah. It is an example. So, you know, one of the steps along Alberta independence is that firewall. And, yeah. you know, so commonly in the firewall, we talk about Alberta collecting its own taxes, its own fire uh, the, uh, police force. Yeah. Alberta selected or opted to have its own chief firearms officer a couple of years ago. So that's right. they that's were always right. federal. But we said no. It, it we'll we'll pay the guy or the gal, and it's a gal. But then that. this week we also passed our own firearms act. Now okay. it's it it has a bit of teeth, which says that if Alberta if if Ottawa wants to confiscate firearms from Albertans, they can't do it with the RCMP. Somebody in Alberta will have to go and get trained as a uh, firearms collection agent, and okay. and Danielle Smith made that process extremely hard so that is an example today we are living through an example where um alberta is taking th this is a growth this is an example of gross overreach by ottawa why is ottawa responsible for uh firearms legislations provincially yeah i agree so it's yeah. a great example so yeah. um yeah, that's gonna. That's the Saskatchewan did it in Alberta. The rules. If you, if anybody's thinking of becoming a firearms repossessor, yeah. you're not gonna want to do it. It's gonna be too complicated. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I've seen this question a few times before. Uh, Marlon asks, "It's one thing to seize the firearms, but what about bullets? Do you know anything about that? Like, is can you just go and get bullets for a gun that might be illegal? Can you just go and buy those? Like." You know what? Bullets right now are treated the same as a firearm. They right. they have their own rules, and you need the paperwork. You know, you need the you need the card to get bullets. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy. In fact, I think that whoever's asking that question probably knows the answer. The government's already restricting the kind of ammunition that comes in. It's yeah. it it is that 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 if you can let the people keep their guns and take away the bullets, that's that's an example. Yeah, that's yeah. right too. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to go back and, and so here's here's some more uh, questions here. Uh, again, Marlon asks, would anyone know offhand if there are any other countries whose governments are willing to recognize an independent Alberta, especially if Ottawa cracks down on our efforts? 
So this has actually come up a few times because we, we were talking about uh, who would be our immediate trading partner. And of course, it sounds like the Americans would be totally fine uh, dealing with oh, uh, oil and, and any trade. Goods Historically, when countries do this thing, somebody is quick to accept them, you know, whether it's yeah. uh, but but and another great point. So, you know, people say, uh, can Alberta be independent? Absolutely. You know, and yeah. people say yeah. it'll be landlocked. Who cares? Kuwait's yeah. landlocked and so are other countries. Yeah, and yeah. and to, to to your viewers, to people who might not know this, you know, Canada is Canada would no longer be a G seven country without Alberta. Yeah. So Canada well, drops sure. drop drops to like yeah. G fifteen, and yeah. Alberta on its own is a G thirty country. On yeah. our own, Alberta is more is uh, economically stronger than Israel, Ireland, yeah. uh, Finland. Yeah. Lots yeah. of great, you know. So no, yeah. I, depending depending on what you're actually talking in terms of uh, GDP and everything, I've heard like anywhere from four to seven, uh, yeah. and and likewise, I've even heard number three. So it, you know, and and I know for a fact that if. Uh, if uh, Trudeau didn't screw up the whole LNG thing with uh, with uh, Europe and, and Germany, I think that we would probably be able to have some people negotiate uh, sending LNG over there. You as know well. what you're talking to regarding LNG, by the way? Do you yeah. know what I've done, right? I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> if, you know, I was I was the vice president of a company called Paraday trying to advance the Goboro project in Nova Scotia. So yeah. I sat in the room with people from Germany with the, you know, who came and bought 30 uh, or 20 years worth of natural gas from Canada in 2013. It was a $35 billion contract. Yeah. Trudeau made it so hard that we, you, you know, we couldn't get the permits. We couldn't keep advancing. We couldn't, and we had, we were burning through, we, we burned through $200 million of money and never got anywhere. It was so important to Germany that Germany kept renewing that contract, even though yeah. there were sunset clauses that kept coming up. Germany renewed it, renewed it, renewed it, renewed it. And finally, it 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 wasn't Germany that didn't renew it. It's Paraday, the Alberta company that said, we're done. We can't do this anymore. We're bleeding yeah. cash. Yeah. And yeah. two, you know, less than eight months ago, the chancellor of Germany comes back to Canada kind of trying to beg to get that contract with anybody because they yes. want our gas. It's a $35 billion contract. And Trudeau told them he didn't have a business case. It's like, he ain't trying to, he, and, and Trudeau said, you're, you're in an, you're in a dying industry. And I was in the room when he said that to us. And I felt like saying, wow. I'm not in a dying industry. I'm in an industry that you're trying to kill. There's a That's big right. difference. Absolutely. A big difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've, 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 we've done webinars with, uh, talking about, uh, you know, climate change and, 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 and basically trying to, uh, to, to make things so that, uh, we get rid of the oil and gas industry in Alberta and everyone's going to end up, uh, driving electric cars, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all, you know. And show us the way. I mean, like, you know, uh, Seamus O'Regan was in Calgary apparently two weeks ago or last week, I think. And he posted pictures and talking about how he's going to come and dump billions of dollars and help us transition. How You know, yeah. we keep yeah. hearing that word. And yeah. if I if I had him face to face, I'm like, Seamus, love the idea. But how about you go do that in a have not province, right? Yeah. So if, there, if there's green jobs and they're so great, then go do the green jobs in PEI, Nova Scotia, I New agree. Brunswick, yeah, yeah. and they can show us how it's done. Yeah. In the mean, and and then if they if they win, and if there are great green jobs, I'll jump on board. All, yeah. but why would you start in Alberta? Yeah, yeah. We we still need to heat our homes in uh, in Canada, even even if there's green. <laughs> 
screen jobs. Ah, we, we, we make a beautiful resource that everybody wants. We, yeah. we you know, yeah. oil and gas, everybody's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. you need that with uh, uh, so many products. Uh, Bill says, I believe there's an international maritime law stating landlocked countries must have access to oceans or seas. Is there not? Um, and again, I know uh, Dr. Dennis Modry has uh, has talked about this in terms of uh, UN and uh, as much as we may not agree with the UN, but basically there is law out there that says, you know, if you're landlocked, you must have uh, ability to, uh, to, to do stuff through water or other transportation. Sure. But, but again, you know, and, and I, and I think we're, you know, I'll be, I'll be blunt. I mean, I promote yeah. Danielle. I'm I, yeah. right now in this context, I support Danielle. One of the things Danielle Smith and the UCP did just in the last couple of weeks, and I, I wish they'd brag about it a little bit more is they did come up with an agreement with uh, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and there is an energy corridor that's yeah. been agreed through to get um, resources to the Hudson's Bay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then everybody says Hudson's Bay is frozen year round. It's like, man, that's just another problem that engineers can solve, man. Yeah, the absolutely. Russians have icebreakers that go all over the place. So that's we right. can, yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out. So, yeah, yeah. no, we're putting, I think, um, I, 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 I think, I think a lot of Albertans in particular are waking up to the fact that an independent or, or maybe not an independent, but a, a step towards independence. If it's not a, if it's not an independent Alberta, we need to be stronger. But yeah. I don't know too many Albertans who don't think we're getting a bum rap in confederation. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you travel the country. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I was recently working in Quebec and I still have arguments with people in Quebec who think that they pay more to equalization than we do. So it's like, wow. But, you know, Quebecers are getting their news from somewhere else. And, and so, right. yeah. so Albertans who are uh, and, and others who are listening today there. Yes, we need to be stronger towards that independence. We need to at least demand um, our fair share. Yeah. Um, it ain't, it, it's not going to come through major reform in the near future in terms, I mean, God, I think we're adding seats to out East and at, at, at the next election. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you got somebody like Danielle and Saskatchewan and Manitoba getting together to, to, to stand up to the feds and yeah. stand up to the feds. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, many of these sorts of, questions. Can we really be self-sufficient? Will the US be our only import country? We've talked about that. And but this is one of the things that I want to talk about too is I've talked to many people separate this is what Terry says. I've talked to many people separation still scares a lot of them. They need their hands uh, held to discuss and understand it, which is why we're doing these webinars. So that we you know you can you actually if you listen to it and you share it and you have conversations I think that's the thing that people have lost how to have how to have conversations about these and and it is a scary thing right even yeah. when I ask people like um you know does that mean I don't have my Canadian flag anymore it's like in principle it kind of does at yes. some point yeah. and that makes people nervous but but then I can get I can help them I'm like how did you feel about living in Ontario and the thought of moving to Alberta yeah. I didn't like it at first. Once you got here, you 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 went to Stampede and you got along. My kids experience that all the time. You know, you're wearing your logo for your hockey team and you're proud of it, and then you get traded and you go to another team. So right. that that fear, yeah. Would I be upset about um of of just calling myself an Albertan and no longer calling myself a Canadian? <clears throat> yeah, I'll get over it. 
Yeah, and you know what people people do. So I I mentioned that I I came here from from Winnipeg in '96. So if you if you actually think back, what what the climate was at that point in '96 from Winnipeg, we lost our Winnipeg Jets in '95. Right. So I moved here in '96. Really didn't have a hockey team back home to say who 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 I was going to cheer for. So I immediately jumped on the the Flames, right? Because it just made sense. And then I immediately forgot about the bombers and immediately jumped onto <laughs> the stampeders. And, uh, and of course I know everyone's uh, everyone in Alberta seems to be cheering for the Oilers, uh, which go Oilers go oil. Uh, but yet guess, get what Jersey I bought about five or six years ago. I bought right. a Winnipeg Jets Jersey. <laughs> you and many others. I mean, God, we, it, that's a, that's a nice, there's something special about Winnipeg. This, yeah, yeah. The team, not yeah. the city. Uh, yeah, yeah. I won't give you the city. No, no. <laughs> that, but it, but you know, we always think of our roots, and we always think about uh, you know being in being part of Canada. And, and so my point with that about you know wearing a, a Canadian uh, hockey jersey is, yeah, even if we were uh, had our own Alberta hockey team or whatever, and uh, in Canada, you know, you'd probably end up saying, well. If you grew up in Ottawa, you might be cheering for uh, for for Canada or whatever. Let me put this out there for for you and your viewers, right? So yeah. Canada in you know in 1966 chose a new flag, and the flag has a maple leaf. That's right. Now there's about 30 different kinds of maples in Canada, yeah. but that maple leaf is the sugar maple, which is not native to the Western Prairies. There's no there's no sugar maples anywhere. So then I have all these people that go around point. proudly wearing their maple leaf, and I'm like. It's a tree that only exists out east. You That's know, right. if if yeah. we were Albertans, we we would have a yeah. we'd have an ugly old black spruce or so a scrawny pine. <laughs> That's right. So anybody that's been uh, watching us for the last little while, you know what shirt I'm wearing. Marty has not seen my shirt. All he sees is just blue and stripes. So I'm going to stand up and show him. My there you shirt. go. See, there you go. So if you had a shirt like this and you're proud to wear it, then by all means be be. Proud I have a friend it. who's uh, taken on to stocking more Alberta flags and telling people who, yeah. who keep stealing his Alberta flag from his pole. He's like, if you want a flag, just come knock on the door and I'll give wow. you a flag. Yeah, Stop yeah. stealing my flag. Yeah. yeah, I know. And I I usually drive around with my little uh, Alberta flag on my uh, on my van too on, on the uh, antenna. And and really, I up until then I was I was driving around with the Canada flag. And then when the whole convoy thing went, uh, I was flying the Canada flag upside down. And a lot of people were upset about that. And uh, this way, you know, driving around with the Alberta flag on it, I feel pretty good because yeah, it's, uh, it's exactly what I feel like. I mean, realistically speaking, you know, in my lifetime, the, the 30 or 40 years I have left, a stronger yeah. Alberta is is probably the, the hopefully is what I see and that'll be good enough for me. A yeah. separate Alberta is a, um, is, is, is long-term, but, but it is, it is, it is fundamentally my wish, you yeah. know, unless something extraordinary happens in Ottawa in the next 10 years, but I, I just can't see that. I just yeah. can't see that. And here's here's another comment because I like it when Judy uh, she says I'm 73 never thought I would want Alberta to leave uh, those uh, fighting police force or our own pensions or, or transplants basically saying she never thought that she would be even considering able able to leave because she grew up here she loves it um, and and that's the thing is that you know when when as people get older and they get more involved in, in politics and and they realize you know geez we've been getting screwed for forever 
people really do want some some kind of change and and this seems to be a way that they can get the change so that is one side of the spectrum you know you're older uh, you know, you're, you're dealing with your pension and, and have seen what's happened over the last, you know, say 50 years. And then the question comes up, how do we get young people involved in this? How do I do, because really if they've only been out of, out of university or, you know, they're, they, they don't have enough life experience yet to say, you know what, we really need, uh, we need to get out of here because they're just like, no, 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 let's just let, I like the Oilers, I'll stay here. Uh, you know, I like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good question. So, um, but how, uh, I, yeah. I can't even answer it pragmatically. I mean, I have four adult children yeah. uh, that, are, that are becoming adults and, and we're not honestly talking about this very often. But I will say this, I, I mean, for one of my children, one of my kids, um, tax return was done this year. You know, we do them. I, I do taxes for my sons and, yeah. and he had to pay a nice little chunk of taxes and that sure wakes up people quickly. Oh, it does. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had that. Yeah. You know what? That's going to be a takeaway. I'm going to, cause I asked my, I asked my wife, I know how my wife feels. I mean, yeah. my wife, my wife, um, is, is on board with an independent Alberta. She's, we're the same age. Would she prefer, uh, actually what she'd like is for Quebec to go first and then oh, yeah. show us the way. And then, uh, you know, that nervous of, of what does it look like? Yeah. But uh, good, good point about the younger generation. Yeah. 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 Here's a, here's a question specifically. I think that you could answer. Mona says, where do you stand on opening up the West country to more campgrounds, quads, uh, huge RVs, etc. Now, of course, because that's what one of the things that you do is you end up going out and backpacking and hiking. And, and re really, we've not talked too much about that. Um, but yeah, what's what you're talking? Mm -hmm. my, my opinion on that one's not going to be popular I, because <laughs> um, Marty, in fact, I I do like. Well, actually, I can give a popular I can give a popular opinion. Some areas humans want to recreate, and Albertans are entitled to the land. So I get that. So I and and so I I think there has to be some areas that have to be opened up. If it's the West Country or an area, I'm 100% in agreement with that. And in fact, I think Alberta's done a good job of 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 opening up the right amount of land to the right groups. You know, you got you got provincial parks, you got areas for quadding, areas for horses, areas for walking. So we we've managed it well. But but I but but the Marty who's into self-propelled sports, I mean generally speaking, I walk. And um and and so it just has to be done responsibly. I, I'm gonna say that most RVers that I meet these days, I don't consider them very responsible. I hope I hope Mona is not in that group. I'm I'm just reaching behind my mic, yeah. but um yeah. um I, I value, I love our environment. I love our nature. God, I love our nature. And I understand why people want to go in there. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Mona, if they open up, be that responsible RV person. I, hopefully you are. Pack out your garbage. Don't burn uh, green trees. And, uh, yeah. and and then we'll all get along just fine. So since, since we're on this topic, I'm going to ask you a totally un, unplanned question. What is your take on uh, they they started charging uh, Kananaskis uh, for uh, for fees, much like they do for national parks, right? So, what is your your take on on the fees that they 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 charge, and where do you think that money is going? Uh, a, I hate the idea, first of all. So, yeah. I, I, I've I've actually ranted about this topic while hiking, and guys turn around because I'm I'm often got my cameras on. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. The idea of charging a fee 
is just a um, it's a it's another one of those uh, counterintuitive things. You charge a fee, two things happen. That's what I always tell people. The moment you charge a fee, the government becomes liable, and the person who pays the fee expects a service in return. That's so, true. in the case yeah. of Kananaskis, they said, "Oh, it's all to go to go towards education." I can't tell you how many times I've heard people leave garbage by the side of a campground, even though there's no garbage can there in Kananaskis. And they go, well, I paid 90 bucks. So they couldn't come and get. So that's so that happens. And then hand in hand with the liability, um, when it becomes liability, then governments have to put up fences around the waterfalls. Man, I've seen the national parks transform. You know, you and I used to go, I could go to Jasper in uh, in 1990, and I yeah. could walk right up to the edge of Athabasca Falls and look down. And, You're right. You're right. And, and, but now there, it, it's paved there because it has to be wheelchair accessible. There's a fence yeah. because it got to protect the guy. And then you're charging a fee, but now the fee is actually can't even go towards an additional services because within 10 years, the infrastructure is so bad that it needs to be paid to be upgraded. And while now you're talking, I mean, I'll give you another example. I I love to hike in the backcountry and they keep charging fees and and they're transforming the backcountry into what I call a front country experience. And okay. I don't go, I don't go to the back country. When I go to the back country, I expect to walk across the creek and get my feet wet. But yeah. now they're putting bridges. And and there's a super, super popular area. They put in a bridge. It took years to engineer it. So I have colleagues that did a shitty job of engineering this bridge. The bridge is so powerful that during the la the, the last flood, it created a dam instead of letting loose. And now the area is closed. Oh my God. No. Wow. Wow. So Danielle scrap that fee yeah there i know you're on the same page where you, are we on the same page on this on one or what's Absolutely. your thoughts <laughs> no oh, definitely like there's we pay enough in taxes and yet here so i think the reason they did that and and i could be slightly wrong but i think i'm pretty much nailed on the head when um when COVID hit and we actually couldn't leave our province people needed something to do so they immediately went to Banff and they immediately went to Kananaskis. I was caught in two traffic jams leaving Calgary to go to Banff because I figured, well, you know, I might as well drive out to Banff. The, the, literally, the highway was jammed from Highway 22, which is the, uh, the Cochrane turnoff on number one, yep. all the way to Banff, all the way to Banff. Yep. So you're talking, you know, an hour's drive. Uh, or what should be an hour's drive was like three hours. And I ended up dry, uh, going down whatever that highway is into Kananaskis 44, 40. Um, and, yeah. and again, it was the same thing. As soon as you turn into there, it was just backup, backup, backup. And I think with people not really, you know, they, again, they were looking for things to do. They ended up just wheeling off to the side and maybe, you know, maybe threw garbage down or maybe were taking pictures of bears or whatever it is. And I think the government said, you know what, if people are going to be doing this, we need to get a hold of the situation. We need to charge a fee. Maybe that'll just dis dis distract people or detract people from from going there. Um, I mean, there's lots of different reasons. For yeah, that. yeah, no, no. They're, they're, yeah. You know, let's not beat the, the dead horse. But no. I, I, I found that I. I think it was an anomaly during COVID. A lot of extra people went out. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And they didn't have time to build extra infrastructure. So some of the existing infrastructure got abused. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I think that the government already had enough power. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I know guys who are conservation officers. All they had to do was show up. And it's like you left your garbage there, write a $100 ticket. You don't need to charge somebody 80 bucks to go put a garbage can. You could just, you know, 
Yeah. Um, I, in, in, well, I, you probably figured it out. When I say I like small government, I really mean it. Like I, it, but that's because I know I'm responsible, and that's one of the yeah. things. That's one of the we. I kind of hinted on it, and I hate the yeah. fact that some Canadians are becoming irresponsible and need to be governed. I, I, I really yeah. hate that. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, do, I'm not joking when I said to Mona or whoever, please do the right thing, and it keeps the government smaller. You know, yeah. and yeah. and then and then um, we don't need to. We don't need to uh, to tattletale on each other, but we need to hold each other accountable, yeah, which is yeah. different. So when I see somebody doing something that that is bad, I don't call the cops. I'll walk over and say, hey, bud, why are you doing this, man? Like if you yeah. cut that tree and you burn it, you're ruining it for all of us. So um, but but deep down, I want just I want small governments. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's true. yeah, small um, governments and and then and then slap the ones that are really breaking the laws treat them badly like you yeah. you really break the law yeah you know yeah marlin's marlin's asking a lot of questions today that's good i like that how would an independent alberta deal with the treaties that of basically that the indigenous nations have already i you know what i i think they transfer over that's how i would think of it right i, I mean you'd have to like are the are the treaties with are they going to argue that the treaties are with the federal government? I guess. Yeah, I that's think, a. I think that would be a transitional way of dealing with it, right? And yeah. I know uh, I think Jeff Rath, the uh, lawyer, spoke about some of this last week. And I know we've actually had uh, we've done one with uh, when we talked about UNDRIP and dealing with uh, some of the treaties as well, and. Um, and it, and it you know it 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 kind of again relays back to it it depends on what the people of Alberta want to do, and so I'm a very a strong supporter of referendums based on anything anything that is a big controversial topic. I think we need to educate people on, and then we can have a referendum. We don't do that right now. We're basically saying, you know, once every four years we go and we sign up. Yeah, I'm going to sign up for this person and I'm going to let them deal with everything while I go skiing. Right. And that's not really the way politics should be working. And so when we have these sorts of questions that come up about, you know, uh, so do we honor uh, the treaties that are there? Uh, what do we do with our resources? Uh, you know, all that sort of stuff that should actually go out to a referendum. And of course you can't just automatically do a referendum saying, what are we going to do about this? Because we have to have some discussion and, uh, and, and have uh, education on, on that particular topic. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we, we should have more referendums or, or means other than just every four years, but, but to that one back, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think just very pragmatically. I mean, yeah. if I own land, you yeah. know, I own these 40 acres and you're the guy who owns, uh, and, and on the 40 acres, I rented you a spot where you can park your trailer. Let's say it's a bad yeah. example, but, yeah. and I sell my land to the next guy. Yeah. Um, the agreement that I have with you is novated and the new guy has that same agreement. So yeah. then you would have a concern. So your concern would be, is the new owner, um a good guy is he going to pay his debt he's gonna is he going to clear the snow like he said he would so then so that's that's the challenge is the the mechanics are easy but if the the first nations who signed the treaty might not like the new owner because the new owner's pockets might not appear as deep as yeah as yeah. the last owner yeah but it could be better i mean god you know um maybe alberta treats its first nations better than ottawa does yeah yeah you know let us buy the let us let us separate and we'll put clean water on your property that's right. Know. Yeah. It's yeah. Bad, you know, 
yeah um don't want to oversimplify it folks and i'm not being um trying you know i'm, I'm adding a little bit of humor but i'm not yeah. it's a very serious topic it's, it's definitely a serious topic and, yeah. and again these are these are the topics that we should be having at our dinner tables and instead we're talking about the kardashians and what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> actually I, I don't even know anything about the kardashians i know my daughters follow pop culture and all that kind of stuff but it's amazing how when you're not in that anymore, like uh, like I used to do that, I, I of course follow entertainment and music and and all that, and uh, and now I'm I'm really just politically motivated and and politically uh, you know looking around and, and seeing if there's solutions out there, and I, and and I think that's really what the point again of these webinars and and anything that Al uh, Alberta Prosperity Project does is. It's trying to get people to have those conversations again. It's a great yeah. conversation, and, yeah. and you know, and I think we're probably getting close to wrapping it up. But yeah. Yeah. but uh, you know, deep down, I want a small government. Let's say yeah. I want a small yeah. government. Yeah. But no matter what, I want a competent government. Yeah. And 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 right now, I don't like you know the fact that Canada's borrowing huge amounts of money and mismanaging its resources and things like that. We're just making things worse. Yeah. So. If I want an, an independent Alberta, it's not for these um, greedy reasons or whatever. Sure, it's to save money, but it's actually to do what I think uh, should be done, which is we should have a small government that's responsible. We have a ton of resources. We should exploit those resources. There's no way we should be borrowing money. There's no way we should be going in debt, putting our kids yeah. in debt. Yeah. We should be able to develop what we have nicely fairly sustainably long term and give ourselves some nice perks out of it as such as healthcare and education and all those things. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're not getting those. Uh, we, we are just we are getting a raw deal from from Confederation and from Ottawa. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I want to sort of almost close on this. I guess I, what time are we going till or whenever, whenever we're done, you know, it's, oh, it's already okay. 57 minutes in and, uh, you know, if it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's something I keep coming yeah. back to, like, yeah. you know, when, when Trudeau first got elected. Yeah. I, I, I got nervous because I thought, oh, man, that guy's going to be in power for 16, 20 years. You know, yeah. he's got the right yeah. family name. He's fairly yeah. good looking. He's uh, he's well spoken in the crowd and uh, he's got the pedigree and everything else. And he comes from from uh, from from Quebec and 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 he's going to get elected year after year for 20 years because all he needs is to win Ontario and Quebec. That's and right. all he needs to secure himself is to get just a little throw a couple of uh, bones the way of Alberta and Manitoba and Saskatchewan and B.C. I don't and, Get a few votes from them. Yeah, I don't even think he needs to throw us any bones. He, he doesn't even more, need to. He's got but enough. Is, is he at the point where he doesn't even need to throw bones? That he's actually going to antagonize and take away our bones? Because that's what it feels like. Like I like man. Because I'm scared of that. If he was nice, if yes. he was nicer, and he threw a few things our way, he could stay in power forever. So I don't know why he's doing what he's doing, which yeah. then brings us into this whole uh wf un uh yeah, world which, order which we've talked about as well yeah. yeah 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 which um which marty's not a conspiracist yeah because he knows how hard it is just to get a simple project off the ground yeah so um you know yeah yeah and i know like even when i was dealing with it kind of just 
to relay with that. Uh, even when I was dealing with the military stuff, uh, of course, I was working with a company that was based out of uh, Calgary, but we were getting money from Ottawa in order to do the, the the funding for the project that I was dealing with. And a lot of people don't realize that there are certain credits that are given to companies if they set up in uh, in preferred locations or you know a, a, a taxable, et cetera, et cetera. So the company that I was dealing with originally was based out of Ottawa. And they said, you know what, if you want to get more credits and, and, and expand our reach, you have to move out to Alberta. So they ended up moving out to Alberta. And that's basically how they, they got their, their foothold here. And there's a lot of companies out there that are basically doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, and moving head offices. I remember back in uh, uh, whatever it was around the same time, 96, 98, when uh, CP Rail moved their head office from Montreal to Calgary as well. Right. So, well, well, that was kind of the deal with uh, Rogers and Shaw. Right. So exactly. Shaw is basically an Alberta company. Rogers yeah. gets it. So they got to. Yeah. I'm just looking at the comments. Somebody laughed at my con Somebody said, you know, when I said Trudeau's well spoken, let me correct that. I agree. Yeah. You know, when <laughs> Trudeau is full of platitudes and the hums and the haws and whatnot. But what yeah. Trudeau knows to do, watch watch a show like The Diplomat on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Trudeau can work a crowd. So yeah. he was he was he's comfortable around dignitaries and celebrities and other people. And so in that crowd where he's got to fundraise, he's in his element. So that's kind of what I meant by that. Yeah. So he's a but he's 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 exhausting his political capital right now. I think he's becoming yeah. a liability to the party. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. But some of the gaslighting coming out of him in the last couple of days has been absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Especially saying, you know, like uh, and talking about, uh, you know, vaccination and whether or not uh, I never said that or I, I didn't I, force I, people. I, I did, yeah. force people to do that. Heavens. No. Yeah, exactly. No. Um, and, and Myrna asks, uh, how close are we to having a referendum? So answering from uh, APP's point of view, essentially, we've had Dr. Modri on, on the show. And the idea is that we need a certain percentage of people and a certain number in Alberta to basically launch a citizens action uh, and a readiness, if you want to call it that, and actually take it to the legislature. And in order to do that, we have to get so many signatures within 90 days and, and all that. So this is the part about that's scrolling right on the bottom of your page right now. Uh, go to bit.ly slash AB votes. Yes. And then you can register your intention to vote. And the idea behind that is that if we were saying, yeah, we have to, we have to get, you know, 600,000 signatures tomorrow or within 90 days, how would we go about doing that? Well, we have to have door knockers and all that. And, and I was actually corrected on that. It's actually, it would go through elections, Alberta. So they would get the door knockers and do all that. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, how many people would they actually need to, to get out there and get 600,000 signatures within 90 days? If we had this long list of, of people and their addresses and phone numbers and all that, say a million names, when the time comes, we could actually contact them through Elections Alberta and get those signatures done within those 90 days. So we're being very proactive in order to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's it, well, it's a, it, it could be accomplished. I mean, you yeah. know, we, 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 how many days? 90 days for 600,000? Yeah. Yeah. I know it sounds like it can, but let's just say what happens if Elections Alberta only throws 50 people at it? Right. Right. So, and with that, we have no control over. But, uh, but, but, you know, doing this sort of thing, uh, it definitely gives us the opportunity that, uh, 
you know, but got- but then but that that would be a referendum sort of forced For by the people or demanded yes. by the people. But the 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 government could could the government not also initiate a referendum? If yes, they-, they could. So and again, from my understanding, is the UCP government cannot do that because it's not in their bylaws right. yet. Right. So. Again, how long? So we we vote in a UCP government in uh, in May, and then does it have to go through the whole within a year? Within a year or two, I'm sure they could. Yeah, you would you would think, but they would have to actually change their uh, their policies, right? And uh, and I know the NDP; they do not have anything like that. They will not do any sort of. separate uh, separatism or sovereignty or anything like that and really so we're just looking at kind of the independence types parties that uh that would have something that uh would be able to do that yeah. right so things to, things to ponder when uh when uh, the new election comes up in uh what just uh what 33 33 34 days was the, did the rip drop today or no it's uh, it drops i think may 1st and it'll go until uh uh, they, they're saying May 29th right now, Monday, May 29th. Yeah, we have an interesting period up uh, ahead of us. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I've said to several people who keep asking me this, you know, my my focus is, is seems to be all over the place on Twitter, for instance. But yeah. my focus right now is to get Danielle reelected yeah. and, and yeah. then we'll see everything else. I mean, there's no there's no. Uh, but what I'm curious about in the next couple of weeks is whether Trudeau really um does anything that could that could tip the scale one way or the other like you know that is very true yeah, yeah. especially like the, you know the, the comment about resources uh or maybe maybe there is going to be some sort of property rights thing about uh gun laws and so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next little bit yeah, I don't expect Trudeau to come visit Alberta. I don't even expect uh, Jagmeet Singh to come visit Alberta. Uh, probably the one who will visit here the most will be uh, Max Bernier. Max will find a way to come and uh, show his face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? We'll uh, we'll wrap up with that unless there's any last questions uh, coming up here. But uh, I see TS has uh, a funny little joke, and that's always a fun thing to end on. What is the objective of a Trudeau-funded football game? Answer, to get the quarterback. <laughs> thanks yes yeah thanks <laughs> always follow the money follow the money there you go yeah yep. um yeah so if there if if that's it do you want to any last comments about uh anything that we didn't cover maybe no this was a great chat i mean oh, uh, yeah. be honest i was a little nervous beforehand and <laughs> and uh one thing I do is I try not to rehearse, you know, it's okay when I know the topic, but I try not to rehearse. And, and uh, yeah. this, this was really yeah. great chat. You know, if, there, if there's three or four points that we can get through, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's lots of things that we've talked about, even in terms of uh, APP. I, I, I mean, my closing comments are probably in line with what you guys are trying to do, yeah. which is don't yeah. be scared folks. Like I, I, I do, I do see folks, scared about say a, a hardcore alberta independence where we vote and you stop wearing your canadian flag and you yeah. we get a new anthem that would be you know that's a hundred years or 50 years down the road but in yeah. the short term let's let's just work on uh a, a, a prosperous alberta a sovereign alberta that get that is respected by confederation and we get our fair deal because we punch above our weight class so that's not even yeah. like it's not even fair and and we are not we are very generous 
Albertans are very generous. Like I said, we were, most of the guys I know were extremely generous. We knew, you know, working, pay a little extra taxes. We don't care if it's going to PEI and New Brunswick to help out there. Fine. But when we get attacked, that's a, that's, you know, let's go back to being friendly, but, but we're not going to be pushovers. We can't be pushovers. Yeah. And, and with that, here's a, one last comment here. Anna, Anne says, would the WEF overturn anything we try to do? Well, again, the, they only have the influence that they do because of either the people that they've put into government or maybe the, the, um, the companies that they support. So as Albertans, maybe we just be a little more forthcoming and we say, you know what, if you're part of the WEF as a, uh, as a government-controlled uh, opposition, whatever you want to call it, or maybe your uh, your company is supported through the WEF, we don't support you. And uh, and maybe that's just a simple way of, of looking at it, whether or not that it really ends up being a simple way of, of dealing with it. We have no idea. Um, but, uh, you know, under the circumstances, I think uh, most people in Alberta um, tend to agree the way that, uh, that we're, we're, we're talking about. But there's always the people that will say, um, yeah, I agree with you, but I can't, can't mention it at work because I'll, uh, I'll be looked at funny. Right. And I always say to them, well, then that's fine. You know what? Talk however you need to do. I would prefer if you, if you opened up and actually said how you feel, but the big thing is, is vote the way your heart feels and don't feel like you have to vote a way that their company is telling you to vote. Right. Or a union is telling you to vote vote the way that you want to, because then you can, you can vote on, uh, as an example, May 29th. And then on June, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's 30th, a, May 30th, you go, geez, I don't know how that party got in there. That, well, that's a great comment. But I, but I'll be honest, I find it weird because I guess I've worked in such a private sector my whole life. I've never had an employer or a boss or anybody sort of steer me in a vote, you know? Oh, is it? Yeah. There's uh, there, there are like, if, if you're as an example if you're a teacher or you work in healthcare they actually yeah. have union meetings where they will tell you how to vote god yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's that would i'm so stubborn you tell me to do one thing i'm probably going to do another <laughs> so <laughs> it wouldn't work <laughs> exactly yeah so with that uh you know i definitely want to say thank you marty and uh and it was great to have you on and um you know hopefully we'll uh we'll actually meet up sometime uh and shake hands and uh because i always like to do that and try and get out and and i know with app we uh we do want to get out and do a lot more of these um talks and conversations and meetings um and and i know there's chapters out there right now that uh, that do have chapters meetings and all you really need to do is just go on the alberta prosperity project uh, website and take a look and see what uh, activities are, are going on what meetings are going on and uh you know it'd be great to even have you come out and uh talk a little bit of, anytime uh, to that so so if that you haven't cool. figured it out i love chatting love meeting people love discussing ideas i mean awesome. that's, that's what i love absolutely that is great Excellent. Good. And of course, we're always looking for volunteers and people to be involved. And if you want to do that, just uh, go on to the Alberta Prosperity Project.com 
and sign up for that. And again, don't forget your, your memberships. Oh yeah. Look at that and catch more Carrie Lambert on the Chris and Carrie show at the Chris and Carrie show.com. So these webinars, we end up posting on there as well. And, uh, and I've, I'm pretty sure my compadre, Chris, and I will be doing a live show very, very soon because uh, there's, there's a lot to talk about. There's always stuff to talk about politically as well as what's happening in, uh, in court, uh, what's happening around the world. And, uh, and Chris, of course, has been out to, um, uh, to the Netherlands. I just got back from Vegas, probably not as uh, politically, but it, but it is an interesting conversation that we're going to have. So uh, I advise you to, uh, to please uh, check back into that. And with that, I am going to wrap it up. And so thank you again. And uh, thanks for having me on there, Kerry. Absolutely. absolutely. Wish Cheers, all, everyone. All, yeah, there you go. I can be my Canada dry. I don't have an Alberta dry yet. Uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll come out with something like that. And uh, again, thank you. And uh, everybody that's watching, have a rest of your fantastic day. Enjoy the warm weather that's going to happen this weekend. And now I just need to figure out how to turn this off. So again, we'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. Have a great week. Thank you.